Hello and welcome. Yes, welcome to our third podcast. And again, today we're going to talk about some technical things. We talked about Arduinos last time around. We have some more kind of electronics that we'd like to talk about as a part of that. So our first topic today is going to be around relays and some of the options we have there as, as well as MOSFETs. Then we're going to talk a little bit more in the 3D printing world. We had some people who missed that we didn't talk about 3D printing last time when you can hear our printers in the background occasionally. So we will talk a little bit about a specific type of filament that we work with, but we're not 100% certain about sometimes. And then again, I have a surprise for Evan. Yes, mm. he loves loves surprises. And I love surprising people. So go ahead and let Evan start us off. Um, he has some goodies here available for us to talk about. Uh, yeah, I would love to talk about... I want to talk about how to turn external loads off and on. So this would be things like um, lights or uh, mag locks or um, cabinet locks. And so and these are uh, really popular ways to lock and unlock things in an escape room. Really the best, ex the best way to give an example of that is what I see most commonly this used for. I'm in an escape room. I have a prop like a candlestick and I put it in the right place. And then something happens. A light turns on, a door to another room opens, a little cabinet opens. That's what we're talking about. I complete an action and then something else happens. Might be right next to where I am. It might be somewhere else in the room. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's, uh, you can hear our, our dog playing around. Um, so there's a lot of different types of relays and different ways that these systems work. And the one that everyone's going to be most familiar with is the traditional relay. So these are purchased on Amazon. They are a knockoff of uh, a very, very common uh, reference design. And so there's a simple uh, five volt relay on there. And this is actually, so if you get these and you're confused why they look like this, this is actually, actually two. two relays, so you, they break apart. And on one side, you simply feed in uh, a signal wire, which is basically open or closed, and then five volts. And then on the other other end, the middle is where your load, your, your common comes in, and then one side is normally open and the other side is normally closed, and it just switches back and forth. Right. These, and, these are great. And the normally open, normally closed, if you're not really in the um, escape room world. A maglock situation normally will have power going to it. So it's a normally closed circuit, meaning that current is going to go to the maglock so that it can hold the door lock. And then when the relay is triggered, it's going to open that circuit. So there's no longer power to the maglock. So something will happen. Something like a cabinet lock, which is really triggered by a solenoid, normally does not have power going to it. So it's a normally open circuit. And then when you trigger it, and it happens, and then it closes that circuit and it triggers a solenoid that so it can open. So depending on if you're turning something on or turning it off, that's the open and closed. And that's why that'll have those two different options. Depending on what you're doing, different things might happen. Yeah. And the reason you use these little boards is because they have the appropriate transistors and lights and, and little debugging things that make life a lot easier. And, and rather that is than, very helpful when yeah, you're debugging. Rather than just buying the the... Um, relay in and of itself. But it's a pretty simple circuit if you wanted to wire it up yourself. But I use these a lot. The downside with these is they're only limited. They're only rated for a certain number of clicks. These are um, fairly cheap relays. Um, these are a, a, a brand name JQC, but um, Songle is popular. Songles are a bit higher rated. Um, but even those, if let's say you did a prop where it was going to turn on and off, um, 
constantly, say it was flashing lights or something like that. This would be a terrible use. It would probably, actually, we did try this one time. We uh-huh. turned on and off 120 volt um, Christmas, lights. Christmas light and it lasted about three days. So um, we did not use that anymore. Yeah. I mean, this is the wrong, this is the wrong thing for that. And uh, also the other downside of these is inside they're physically moving. So um, if you've ever been in an escape room and you've put something down and you hear a click and then something happens, that click is this device. And I have been in escape rooms where I could not figure out what the puzzle was. So I just moved things around until I heard the clicks. And that's how I solved the puzzle. Being a prop maker, I, I, I knew to do that, right? And I know a lot of other people who play a lot of escape rooms know that too. Um, but it is a downside. If you're play, making an escape room and you expect enthusiasts to come play, they hear that click they are going to know that something is supposed to happen or that they're on the right path. Yeah. So we generally only use these as the final maglock turner on or offer um, because they're going to only be triggered a couple of times a, a day. And um, it's okay if it clicks because that's when the doors can actually unlock. But otherwise, we try to avoid them because they uh, they have a lot of downsides. Um, the next closest thing to that is actually this relay board. And so this is made by Seed Studio, uh, which makes a lot of really great Arduino compatible devices. And so this is just a shield that stacks on top of an Arduino. You do absolutely nothing. And it has five relays built in and the appropriate places to screw all of those different parts in. And it really just sits on top of it. Um, the only difference is there's four of them, really easy to use. We have used those when we're in a hurry to get something done. Yep. And regularly. it's great because you don't have to wire anything. You just plop them on there. And we, we bought these locally for, um, I don't know, they were like they were like eight dollars. Yeah, they were pretty cheap. And and from our favorite electronic store, that's probably closing. We're very sad. I know the the very last um, discount overstock electronic store in Dallas is going out of business, and it's very sad. And then we have another relay option here that Evan wanted to show you, and it's 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 a relay. It works like a relay if you if you want to pick that up. But the difference is it's solid state. So while it performs the same functions, you'll notice it looks a little different but it doesn't make the noise. That's the real, for us, the big difference. There are some structural and it's on a mechanical switch like the the other relay is that he talked to you about, but it works a little differently, but it has the same outcome for us. It turns yeah. things off, turns things on. And so these are really neat. These are solid state, um, solid state. Re- this is a two channel setup. So it actually has two solid state relays on it. These are great to put in because it costs almost nothing to get a second channel. And in the event that one fails and you have to be, be out there working on something in an emergency, you can just unscrew a couple of pins, screw in another couple of pins and your relay is fixed. That being said, I've never had one of these fail. So right. the solid state ones are very reliable. These actually um, I bought on Amazon, which we'll, we can put a link to, um, and they use genuine Omron solid state relays. So which are a nice high quality relay. And they last forever. The the one thing about these is these are um, high level only. So this is a AC um, relay. So it really works with like 120 volt. Yes, this is if you want to turn off a high level load. Um, the the you need to be careful with that though, of course, because 120 volt AC current can kill you, and uh, you want to make sure that you're you're following code for being able to actually use these relays. And yeah. so that that's actually the thing that makes it the most difficult. And, and it's, the it's, last the last time we used it was actually when we had to go fix the Christmas lights prop. Um, that's what we replaced it with. Right. And if it's your own escape room, then maybe you have a bit more flexibility. But if you're making props for somebody else, you need to be really careful about 
um, using 120 volt stuff, make sure that you're following, um, following the requirements to do that right. Yep. And then our last option isn't really a relay at all, um, but it's something that we use when we can. Um, it works really well for us. Yeah. So this is a MOSFET. And, uh, you know, you, you've probably heard of MOSFETs when people talk about uh, amplifiers and things like that. But this is just the little chip and it is basically a transistor. It's a big switch. And, um, and so these are these wonderful little boards we bought on Amazon that have the appropriate um, resistor, a, a neat little board, and they even have these little screw-in connectors and you just solder them together, which I've done so much soldering that doesn't really bother me. But um, if, you, if you don't like soldering, I'm sure you can get them pre-made. But uh, these are wonderful. And so what you, you they work a little bit differently. So they actually are powered on the, um, they're powered by the input to the device. So generally, if you're going to be um, running a five volt device, then you power it with five volts and everything's great, which makes it wonderful for these um, five volt, uh, five volt locks, or you can power it with 12 volts and then it will open uh, things like a mag lock or a um, cabinet lock. And these are wonderful for cabinet locks because cabinet locks, if you leave them powered for more than something like a second, they start to melt. <laughs> so Right. Solenoids uh, aren't meant to be yeah, kept open. Exactly. So these uh, are wonderful because you can leave them open for a split second. So you can literally open them for a tenth of a second. The cabinet lock will pop and, um, and you're done. And these have also been extremely reliable for us and they're very inexpensive. And you can actually just buy the, the MOSFET by itself if you want, and you don't need this little board, but I actually like the little board because it allows me to put the resistor in the right place. And then it also has a little spot, which it doesn't come with any diodes, but if you're gonna feed a coil, so that would be things like a solenoid, um, or, and you can put a diode across it. And what that will do is help avoid um, a spike of voltage that comes back from the lock whenever it unlocks, and that can burn stuff up. So yep. that's been, uh, been quite reliable for us. I will say that almost every mag lock that you buy on Amazon these days includes the diode. The diode. Yep. So just read the specs on that. We've had pretty good luck though. All right. Are you good on the MOSFETs and relays? Yeah. All right. So our second topic today, we're going to talk about some capacitance filters specifically. Um, we have a lot of different types of, sorry, not filter, filament. We have a lot of different types of filament that we work with this one in particular, we have probably not used in over a year and a half. Um, when it works, it's great. And when it doesn't work, you want to kind of rip your hair out a little. Yeah. So in order to make a filament co uh, conductive, which is, this is just conductive filament, and then we wire it up to a uh, capacitance board that we buy from Adafruit. Adafruit sells really nice, reliable electronics, and um, that... You could, of course, do it yourself, but the Adafruit stuff's great. And uh, they have a, a single board. It's about 15 bucks, and it contains 12, 12. 12 different inputs. Yep. <clears throat> and so we make a lot of props where we 3D print, quote-unquote, buttons, which are things to touch. And it's wonderful because if you have, say, an alien spacecraft, it probably doesn't have arcade buttons in it, but it might have other kinds of things. And so you can... Or if you're in a... Sca I think my favorite thing is that if we're 3D printing something that doesn't look like a button, it's not super intuitive that you need to push something. You really just have to touch it. And you barely have to touch it for this to register that you're that you're doing anything with it. We've used it on multiple different props. Um, there are some downsides, though. Um, first off, printing it 
and getting it to stick to the bed is difficult. Yeah. Um, so this is a PLA impregnated with um, a metal that makes it uh, conductive. I think it's like a graphite, but you'd have to ask the makers. Um, and whenever you impregnate a filament with some sort of brittle material um, or, or any, any, any sort of filler, you can make the filament more brittle. And so this stuff is quite brittle. And, if it sits uh, still and it's got any pressure on it at all, it breaks. Yeah, and so you can see how easy it is to break. It could be that it needs to be a little bit drier, but, um, but it's actually done this since day one. And actually, there's a lot of people who talk about how this stuff is pretty brittle. Now, the good news is it's it's brittle as a filament, but once you print something, as long as you design it with appropriate tolerances, um, it actually works pretty well, and we, we generally don't have it break unless we try to print it too thin. So you got to watch right. out for that. And as far as if you do end up using that, some of the things we tried that worked, um, well, let's start with the things we tried that didn't work. Printing it straight on the on the printer bed did not work unless it was a very large piece. Um, we were designing some pieces that were actually pretty small and pretty um, fragile, which caused some problems in, in the long run anyway. But we um, we ended up having to put painter's tape on the printer bed for this to stick on. And then in order to get it off, we had to pull the printer tape or print the painter's tape off the printer bed and then pry it. And sometimes I had to use a brush to get it off the front of the piece when it came off. It didn't want to stick, but once it did stick to something, it didn't want to come off of it. So um, there are some other recommendations people have around using hairspray or things like that to get this done. But um, in general, it's a very finicky plastic. Yeah. And you have to be, you can't, it's not one of those things that we can leave on the printer overnight. Yeah, and also, just so you know, this is the only filament that requires any sort of weird bed stuff for us. We print uh, many different kinds of filament without any issue, and that's the only one that's been a little bit special. But um, yeah. but the results are amazing, so yeah. it's worth the hassle. Because and it's really worth it because when you're in an escape room and you can just touch something, you're like, whoa, what happened? It's way more immersive, in our opinion, than some of the other ways that you can interact with props that get made. So we're a fan of that one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Evan's looking at me because he's, he knows that we have a surprise for him now. You might want to move those off because what I have for you today is pretty big. I'll give you the first piece of it now. And let's see okay. if you can figure out what it is before I give you the bigger oh, piece. This is a 1970s Samsonite key. American tourister, sorry. I was back before. I can't think they were two brands. Um, but I know that because of this uh, this case that we bought at Sorry. a thrift store. That thing is much heavier than I remember it being. This is the Tierra version of the American Tourister case. Yep. It still has the original luggage tag on it. Um, and, and you actually locked it. It did actually lock it. Because opening this and watching people opening it, and Evan, you might want to turn it so everyone can see how fun this is. We had a traveling game that we used to make. We would visit people and they could play this site, this game on site. Opening this suitcase was the number one clue that I had to give people because, well, all right, we're going to open it up. That are our generation can probably do it. Kids had the hardest time opening this. Suitcase. Yeah. They've never seen this kind of locking mechanism where, where the, uh, it's just kind of, um, swing open and there's no definitive stop on when that key goes so you can spin that key indefinitely 
I feel like we should warn you now, this is a mess and there's a reason that we're planning to redo this prop because it really does need to be, re it needs to be redone. Um, this was probably, I don't know, this first, second, third, and the first three things that we ever made as escape room builders. So there's nothing up here. Up here, it's just got empty space. We used to put some clues and stuff in there to help people find that. Um, it has power cord coming out of that. Since then, we've learned ways to not have to power it from the wall, which is very beneficial. We actually have a battery we're planning to replace so that there's no cord that has to come out of here because people are like, should I plug this in? And the answer is yes, by the way, plug it in. Um, we also want to have some ways to reset the timer at the beginning of the game, which would be helpful. But um, Evan, if you'll go ahead and lift up the top, they can see this giant mess and why it is that it is necessary for us to redo the very first prop that we ever made. Yeah, this was so much fun. So it's actually, <laughs> I think, uh, four different Arduinos in there um, and uh, one Mega that that controls a lot of the different pieces. But And so much wire, you guys. And unfortunately for this, there are components that still work and there are components that do not work. And we suspect the only reason they do not work is because the wires are no longer connected. Yeah. So that was part of where we learned to, to solder everything because we used a lot of DuPont connectors in this. And they kind of, kind of came out. Yeah. And so as the case gets jostled around, um, it uh, they, they disconnect. But yeah. this was a lot of fun. And, um, and watching people play it is a lot of fun because yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff. And so this was a, a laser cut um, plywood, actually. This was yeah. before Evan and I knew how to do lasers. So I actually... Um, measured all of these and how big the holes had to be and how big the components were. And then I drew out with that. I, I printed out each piece that we knew we had it, had, had it, had, and then I put them on a piece of paper and I took a picture and I sent it to my dad and my dad looks at it and he was like, what are you trying to make? <laughs> and he redesigned it a little bit. He thought that having these outlines would be a good idea to make it a little more clear where differentiations were. We took out some of the rastering, which when we get into some of the laser cutting, it's what would make these letters filled in instead of outlined. It takes a substantially longer amount of time to do that. So we wanted to cut that out where we could. Um, really our long-term girls for this are to get it working again, but we also want to do some things like these buttons we're using lamps right now, so they have to be powered via the wall. We're going to replace them with LEDs instead um, instead of just regular incandescent light bulbs. The heat will be better, but also it's just going to be better from a power perspective. There's some connections on the back end that don't work. We've completely lost one of these. I actually think we might have taken it out and used it in a prop. I think we might have been short on a piece that we were making for someone, and we decided to cannibalize this one. But... You'll see this again. We'll see this in our thing. And also these green lights don't do anything. They're not hooked up. They're completely just. Yeah. And those are lamps as well. For which pretty. Is the They're not hooked up to anything. <laughs> so yeah. um, we might, we're going to make this a little bit better and have one of our escape room game owners write a better game than what we originally had because our game was kind of cheesy. Yep. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for your time today. And uh, let us know, of course, just like usual. If uh, there's any ideas or anything else you want to see, we'd be happy to take those into consideration. Yep. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone.